Okay, welcome back to Armchair Adventure. We are now live on the air. If you are a fan of the show, go ahead and call us on the line. That number is 1518795. I'll bleep that out. That was Dan Gavin's actual phone number. Um, <laughs> returning guest, Dan Gavin. And if you are, uh, a fan of the show or an angry resident of Elbert County, Georgia, we do have an email address you can reach us at if you have any questions, suggestions, concerns, Threats. or corrections. That, you know, can I say though that that was just the order that I put those in sounded good. Dude, that was smooth as hell. And that was oh, man. Oh, entirely accidental. Um, <laughs> also, threats. And that email address is armchairadventurershow at gmail.com. And if you have something constructive to say, I suppose you could. Uh, <laughs> if you, you know. have something constructive to say, keep it to yourself. I don't <laughs> want to hear it. <laughs> I'm here for the meat and potatoes. I want insults. I want threats. Today, we're talking about something a little more grim. Uh, we will be talking about the Bikini Atoll, and that itself is not grim, but what went down there in the 1940s and 1950s was rather grim. Uh, you may have heard of the Bikini Atoll, but you may have absolutely no idea where it is. Uh, I had, my understanding was that it was in the Pacific Ocean, uh, and that is correct, but that is <laughs> a pretty large chunk of the globe. It's like saying so, it's on Earth. Yeah, that's it. Uh, in fact, I think if you say it's in an ocean, it's pretty likely it's the Pacific, right? Isn't, isn't the Pacific Ocean the largest ocean? Absolutely. Yeah, yes. by, by a few uh, hundred cubic meters or something. Yeah, you, you do yourself a favor at home, open up, you know, Google Maps and find Bikini Atoll and then just like set the scroll wheel on cruise until you can see the entire planet and you will get the gist of how just in the middle of absolutely nowhere this this series of islands is uh it is technically not to, not technically it is literally a part of the marshall islands the republic of the marshall islands named after uh famed general is it george marshall yeah is that his name good excellent um uh who the marshall plan is named after is my understanding mm -hmm. uh there's probably only the one uh, General Marshall, but this is 23 islands in total surrounding a 229 square mile central lagoon. The name Bikini uh, comes from part of when it was part of German New Guinea from that. That is a small uh, country that existed from the 1880s until World War One, when they had to kind of stop worrying about their colonies. Uh, <laughs> And bikini is a transliteration of the Marshallese word bikini, which roughly translates to coconut place or surface of coconuts. Um, Excellent. What a paradise. Yeah, sounds sounds lovely. And if you see pictures of this place, it does look pretty lovely. Mm -hmm. um, just those those blue blue waters. I love those blue <sighs> blue waters. I've never um, seen that in real life. Oh, I have never left the country. Yeah. So, uh, well, that's why we're doing the podcast. So yeah, we still don't have this to. is the closest I can get to having any sort of enjoyable life. <laughs> um, if you've heard of the bikini at all, 
it's probably because of our uh, the hour as in the united states's use of the bikini atoll as a nuclear testing ground in world war ii and the time after well i guess no it was all after world war ii wasn't it it was right yeah 46 yeah it was it was all testing done after we had already dropped bombs on japan um so president at the time harry truman famed uh, nice guy harry truman wanted the <laughs> navy to secure a place where they could test the effect of nuclear weapons on warships to see if ships could be spaced in a way it's when at sea and at port that would make nuclear weapons ineffective against them now i do want to say real quick just while we're on harry truman do you listen to or have you listened to dan carlin's hardcore history no he, he does like he doesn't put episodes out very often but when they do they're long they're like long form and there is a it was like a five hour long episode about nuclear weapons and uh he was talking about that like j robert oppenheimer one of the head physicists on the manhattan project after i think it was after we had dropped bombs on I don't know when it happened, but uh, J. Robert Oppenheimer went into Harry Truman's office and begged him to stop with with the nuclear weapons. I don't know if it was before or after. It doesn't really matter. But Harry Truman kicked him out of his office and told his his like secretary, I never want to see that coward in my office ever again. Oh, Jesus. That's why I said fame. Nice guy, because my understanding with what little I know about Harry Truman is that he is a dick. Yeah, clearly. Yeah. Uh, Anyway. The U.S. Navy chose the Bikini Atoll because of its distance from both uh, air and naval transport lanes. It was pretty out of nowhere, and they didn't really care about anything else. Those were the two things that mattered. Um, More importantly, it was upwind from much of Indonesia. So just in case somebody had to get, you know, the (laughs) side effects, it's people on the other side of the planet. It was those stinking Muslims. That's who. Enemy for life of the U.S. government, Islam. <laughs> so there were there were some people who lived on the Bikini Atoll. There were about 167, according to the census the Navy took, uh, Micronesian peoples that inhabited the island, and they were asked by Navy Commodore Ben H. Wyatt, uh, who was also the military governor of the Marshall Islands at that time, to relocate temporarily. Um, we'll get more into that, a <laughs> yeah, later, but I can assure you it was not temporary. <laughs> and not only did they not get to go back their entire time outside of once they got moved from the bikini toll was a pretty miserable time. Uh, the citizens yeah, eventually they would want to go back. Like, oh, well, you know, you know, pretty irradiated soil, some fish that probably are, you know, have like cancer. I wonder now. if they even like, I wonder if they even t- told them. Or you like know, meant it if they like, did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so oh, you mean of the effects? Yeah. Uh, just like, I mean, I sure that surely they, maybe they, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. uh, our understanding wasn't even too good back then. No. But the citizens of Bikini Atoll did eventually agree to relocate, but not happily. The leader of them, King Judah, which great name, oh, is yeah. quoted as saying, "We will go believing that everything is in the hands of God, 
and how wrong he was. The first of the nuclear tests that took place in the Bikini Atoll was Operation Crossroads. And Operation Crossroads was the first nuclear test done since the Trinity tests, which was the you know test for the bombs we eventually used in uh, Japan. Yeah, were those in Nevada? Uh, yes. Yeah, I hope that's right. I think it was White Sands, White Sands, Nevada, 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 Nevada. Definitely not Nevada. Not Nevada. That is a town in Iowa, which we know because we live close to it. Uh, 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 <laughs> the uh, Operation Crossroads consisted of two tests, Abel and Baker. The Abel test, which was July 1st, 1946, was kind of a dud. It was an air burst bomb. It's <laughs> an understatement. Means, yeah, well, it was an air burst bomb, which means that was they a whiff. exploded. It was a big whiff. It was an air burst bomb. It exploded 520 feet above the warships, which was intentional. That was not that was not an accident. It, uh, but it missed its aim point by over 2,000 feet. So yikes! So they started a second test. Uh, what three weeks later, the Baker test on July 25th. Now this one. Went a little better, but by better, I mean worse. Uh, The bomb named Helen of Bikini was detonated underwater because they probably didn't want to miss that again. The explosion of the bomb irradiated the sea spray and the sea spray caused by it so seriously contaminated the ships that they had to scrap the third plan test because the Navy was unable to decontaminate the ships to get any results from another test. Baker test was the first case of concentrated nuclear fallout from a blast. In fact, Glenn's, um, a gentleman named Glenn Seaborg, who's the longest serving chairman of the Atomic Energy Commission, referred to the Baker test as the world's first nuclear disaster. Oh. I don't know about that. I don't know what? if you'd call Nagasaki and Hiroshima a disaster, mainly because they were intentional. But uh, <laughs> it's a very I guess thin line. the first... Yeah, this was the first nuclear accident of sorts. Long story short, the Bikini Atoll was already pretty irradiated. The land, you mean? Yes. Uh, that, yeah. We had we had done some yes. damage to the atoll already. And this is just a month or two after the people had been moved. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty when you're looking at it, the bikini atoll from above. You, you know, my first reaction, although how it's kind of strangely shaped, but there's like a, you know, and it told, I didn't realize they kind of curve around. It makes a yeah. circle almost. Yes. And my gut reaction was like, oh my God, is that from a crater? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. But it is not, let me clarify, from a crater. That would be insane. <laughs> that was, would be actually one island before the test. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, definitely not going back there. But um, so where were these people? Where did they relocate? Because it's not like there's an island just down the way, right? Well, maybe there is. The Bikini Atoll is part of a larger stretch of atolls. There's there's uh, there's quite a few of them in the north end of the Marshall Islands, and the people who were evacuated. They didn't have an easy time. They initially agreed to move to the Rongerick Atoll. Now, I should say, again, I have never left the country. (laughs) I am probably going to mispronounce something in this episode. 
And I'm sorry about that, but it's just a fact. Sorry to our South Pacific listeners. All the Marshallese folks that are now joining Elbert County, Georgia on a march (laughs) to Iowa to kill me. Um, So they initially moved to the wrong Rickatoll, which was uninhabited due to inadequate food and drinking water. Yeah, probably (laughs) for a good fucking reason that there's no people on there. Jeez. As well as traditional cultural beliefs that the islands were haunted by the demon girls of UJ. Oh my God. So what the Navy did leave them with some supplies, but only enough to last a couple weeks and just kind of let them go. With the demon girls, the demon girls of UJ. Now about two years after uh, an anthropologist named Leonard Mason visited the atoll to see what was what was going on with the people of bikini atoll and uh he was horrified by what he saw uh the bikinians were dying from malnourishment and eating fish native to the atoll that were themselves poisonous from what they ate eating the fish made it feel like their limbs had fallen asleep like just gone numb and that was all they could eat uh but after some public outcry uh the bikinians were moved once again to the Ujalang Atoll, and construction of homes began there by the CBs, the Navy equivalent of the Army Corps of Engineers. However, the Navy decided to use the Anuatak Atoll as a second testing grounds and moved its inhabitants to Ujalang into the homes that they had already built for the Bikinians. Eventually, though, the Bikinians moved to Keeley Island, which was small and uninhabited. These poor freaking people. Oh, my God. Since it was not a lagoon, it was an island. And like if you look at, like Dan said, if you look at a picture of these atolls, they're like, it's like a circle. And a big part of the culture of these people was canoe fishing. And since this new Keeley Island did not have an atoll, there was no calm waters for them to canoe. And they were just right in the ocean. And they were subject to massive waves, 10 to 20 feet in height, just crashing against the island. Could not fish anymore. The surf was actually so intense that the ship the Navy used to bring supplies to the island was run aground and left for dead. Their final solution was just to airdrop rice and canned goods and just call it call it a day. Call it good. Jesus. So these people lived off of terrible food, a destroyed culture on a home that was not their own until eventually President Lyndon B. Johnson told them the the Bikini Atoll was safe to move back, and some did. But the French visited with new new equipment, updated equipment, to, I guess, just test, maybe maybe call out uh, (laughs) Lyndon B. Johnson on lying to these people. Because they found that it's food sources and the water in the wells. And now the inhabitants themselves were exposed to low levels of plutonium-239, plutonium-240, and strontium-90 on a daily basis. Jesus, dude. Any, like, public announcement or PSA regarding the topic of nuclear weapons or radiation between the years, you know, 1938 or whatever, and 
fuck it, 2019 are just bullshit. There's no way. There's no yeah. way anybody's telling the truth. <laughs> it's all yeah, just clean, yeah, broad brushstroke. None of it's <clears> true. Now you might think, well, what's one underwater bomb? How is that going to irradiate these islands <laughs> that long? Well, well, that's the thing. It wasn't just that one underwater bomb. They did more tests in the Bikini Atoll in the 1950s during the Soviet arms race. And by more, I mean one. And you'll, you'll find out why. Because this one was a doozy. <laughs> this, uh, the first one was Operation Crossroads. That was the first testing done. And this was Operation Castle. Bravo was the first of these bombs. And they were testing out a new form of dry fuel hydrogen bomb. They didn't really know how it was going to work. Or how well it was going to work, I should say. The expected yield of the bomb was between 4 and 8 megatons, but wound up being somewhere closer to 15, which is a thousand times more powerful than the bombs we dropped on Japan. And the intensity of it basically destroyed most of the equipment they had brought to measure the effects of the bomb. Great. The fallout caused by the explosion affected more than just the atoll, and in fact, the people that were there testing the bomb. It spread from the Bikini Atoll to the Rongelap and Rongerik Atolls, as well as the distant Utrik Atoll. Rongelap and Rongerik were evacuated two days later, but the Utrik Atoll not until the day after. And some of the citizens of the Utrik Atoll began showing signs of acute radiation syndrome. Jeez. Now, that Whoops. means something particularly to Dan and I, because at the time of recording... The nation is abuzz about the HBO miniseries Chernobyl, which gruesomely and accurately depicts what exactly acute radiation syndrome does to the human body. If you haven't seen it, I would summarize it as horrifying what acute radiation yeah. syndrome does. It's like it, 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 it's like an evil progression on the human body, too. We were talking about like initially, you know, extreme burns on the outside severe, of your body. Severe radiation burns. Yeah. And, but then it like backs off. Like it, it seems like you're, you know, it's going away, like you're healing. But then Burnt. what days later? Just a few, like three days later. Yeah. You're just, you, the, your cells are just melting, basically. They're just pulling apart. They're like disintegrating. What you don't, <clears throat> what you don't feel is that the radiation has actually destroyed your chromosomes. And your DNA is so badly messed up that it is incapable of regenerating new cells. And your body does that pretty regularly, replaces cells. And so once it stops, what basically happens is you're decaying as if you were dead, but you're still alive and you feel it all. Terrible. And it gets to a point that your arteries are like a sieve. And at least at the time... In the 80s, when Chernobyl was, it happened, they couldn't even administer morphine in the end stages of this because it, it wouldn't reach your brain before it just seeped out of your arteries into your body. Yep. The Castle Bravo test was meant to be secret, but became a global incident. Here's, here's a couple little, little fun things. It's called the Bikini Atoll, and as we already said, that's, that's a transliteration of a Marshallese word. The swimwear. The bikini was named so because the designer actually named it just a few short days after the Operation Crossroads test in the Bikini Atoll. And that's how that got its name. 
I would be remiss if I didn't bring up SpongeBob SquarePants. Now, have you heard of this, Dan, this uh, what I'm getting at here with the SpongeBob SquarePants thing? Well, no, it didn't really occur to me until you just said it that is it it is there something to do with the name like Bikini Bottom, Bikini? Yeah, there's kind of a tongue in cheek thing that I've seen brought up about it's called Bikini Bottom. Are these animals alive because of the radiation from the Bikini Atoll test? Is that why they're, you know, sentient beings at the bottom of Bikini Atoll? (laughs) Now, we know radiation does not bring sea creatures alive into fun uh, little denizens of a a town that work at hamburger restaurants. So what do we take away from this, Dan? What do you take away from this? I, I want you to take a crack. Uh, I want to, I want you to take a guess at how many people are recorded as living on the Bikini Atoll today. I'm not going to say zero. That would be stupid. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a pretty shit question for me to ask. <laughs> well, it's actually none. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it's a terrible place. Full of radiation. <laughs> I'm going to say... I guess uh, an analog would be Centralia, Pennsylvania, that town of Pennsylvania that's had a coal fire burning since the 70s underneath it. There's still like six people that live there. So I'm going to say six. Wow. That is remarkable. There are five. <laughs> that, was, that was a phenomenal guess. I did not expect that. You know what they say about coal fires and bombs? That famous idiom about Pennsylvania fires and South Pacific Island bombs. <laughs> and here's the thing: they're not even like classified as residents; they're classified <laughs> as caretakers. <laughs> this is your problem now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow, honey, I got this—you know, five thousand square foot concrete and lead home <laughs> for like ten dollars on Zillow. <laughs> Honey, I've got great news. I'm being transferred at work to a beautiful island in the South Pacific. <laughs> Our oh, dream man. vacation. Here, uh, you want to hear one more just slightly depressing thing? Uh, well, so it has to do with the islanders who were moved uh, okay. when they were on one of the other atolls. Uh, there was an anthem written for the island um, by the locals, mind you. Here. This is not imposed upon them you ready for these lyrics no longer can i stay it's true no longer can i live in peace and harmony no longer can i rest on my sleeping mat and pillow because of my island and the life i once knew there the thought is overwhelming rendering me helpless and in great despair that's a real sour bummer yeah we gotta end on something different oh god I should have just shut up after SpongeBob. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, but end on something different, buddy. I got nothing. <laughs> All right, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got, okay. I'm just frantically sifting through my notes right now. Um, <clears throat> okay, so it turns out, do you know what year the bikini was invented? I'm going to guess 1946. Yeah, you want to take a guess at the date? This is crazy. I'm going to say, oh, no, that would be impossible. Okay, I'm going to say Christmas Day, 1946. 
Oh, man, you're generous. Four days after the first test in Operation Crossroads, a French clothing designer introduced the bikini, a new two-piece bathing suit. Okay. Well, here's what uh, here's what I'm going to say, Dan. And I'm going to I'm not even going to save you the embarrassment and take this out in post. (laughs) I already said that on the podcast. Oh, man. So the listeners at home are (laughs) laughing at you, Dan. Good God. Get this idiot off the second mic. This schlub. Hey, I am no less than now. No, I'm not even going to try. End it. I can't think of a better note to end this on <laughs> than putting you in the dirt. So thank you, uh, listeners, for joining me you know. in burying Dan Gavin alive. And we'll see you in the next episode. <laughs>